I'm going to start the new year in a series that had really sparked something in me about four or five weeks ago. As Paul brings the, his letter to the church at Philippi to a close, he begins to highlight different things he wants this church to know, different ideas that he wants them to remember. He wants them to be a people in verse number four that rejoice always. And he even repeats it. And again, I say rejoice. He encourages them that as they move throughout their culture and their society, that he wants them of all the things that are known about them. He says, let your gentleness be known to all in verse five. And then, of course, he reminds us in verse 6 that no matter what we go through, no matter what the situations arise, and no matter what levels of anxiety they may generate, that be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Why? For verse 7, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then after all that, which is a full way to end a letter, he arrives at this curious little piece of advice where I'm going to park for a number of weeks. Philippians chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Just as with the encouragement about not worrying. And that act of not worrying and giving things to God, bringing peace that we can have. He wants us all to see something else in verse 8. It's not just the situations we go through that challenge our peace. It's not just the painful situations or the difficulties that we experience that even attack the idea of peace. But it also is how we think about them, what we ponder on them, what captivates our thoughts when they arise. That is also, as he points out in verse 8, a key into maintaining peace. When things start to go wrong, let's be honest, the things in our lives that are going wrong, they take front and center. Now, it's one thing for them to take front and center and be the center of attention, but it's not only that they're the center of attention, they also tend to fill the screen. They also seem to be, or they seem to feel like the totality of what we're going through. We can think that when something is going bad, there's nothing good in our lives, nothing happening, that nothing good is present. One of the things I believe Paul wanted this church and wants us to know is that peace, is not the absence of turmoil. Peace is not something, 
Peace is something we can possess in times of struggle, in difficult times. And unlike the average corner bar will try and tell you, peace is not just the ability to go someplace and forget your troubles for a while. Peace is something that has a power and knowing that God's presence is always there and that his presence is the reality even in the midst of difficult times. It's probably no shock to any of us, but you and I live in a world that is vying for your thought life. It wants to control or significantly influence what you think, how you should think about leaders, how you should think about the economy, how you should think about people, especially people who are different from you, how you should think socially, how you should think environmentally, how you should think about everything, as if you're not able to come up with thoughts and think all on your own. It can get maddening at times. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at each of these little pearls of wisdom that Paul provided. Because he says, for each of them, think on these things. Paul encourages this church to meditate or to think, or in the original language, to put them into practice in our regular lives. So to me, it's no just random shuffle of a list. To me, it's no uh, accident that he begins, whatsoever things are true. Is there any concept that has more difficulty being defined today than truth? My goodness. We live in an age when information is more available than at any other time in history. We can access it quickly. We can cross-reference it as much as we can access it. And we can check the background of the people who were providing this information quickly. Information is everywhere. Yet unlike at any time before now, day by day, we have all this information and a complete absence of truth. Plenty of information, but little truth. Now, what's our world missing? What is our world just not getting? Well, they're missing the understanding that truth is a whole lot more than information. It's just so much more. Now, many would believe, well, if I could just acquire enough information, just gather enough facts, I'll be able to move correctly in any given situation. Truth is more than information. Truth is more than just data points on a graph. Many people believe, well, if I gather enough information, I can then gain the wisdom I need and be able to do the right thing. Wisdom is also more than just doing what is right. According to the Bible, wisdom requires a relationship. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. You see, gathering information is not the beginning of wisdom. It's part of the process, and I believe in research. I believe in getting information. Collecting all available data on a given situation is not where wisdom begins. Thinking that way thinks that we can just do all this on our own. Wisdom 
truth begin with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Without that relationship, all we are is gathering pieces of information. A relationship based on a proper understanding of who God is, a fear of the Lord, an awe of the Lord, a respect for the Lord, understanding that he is God, and this might come as a revelation to some, we are not. A relationship based on a proper viewpoint of who God is and a proper understanding of who we are and who we are not. Building a life based on godly wisdom, a life based on actual truth, is one that is formed in relationship. See, for most people, when they gather information, there's no context for the information they're using. It's just, well, how am I going to apply it to my life? And with millions of people, we've got millions of applications. Everything that is called truth has to come from God's word. Everything that we embrace as truth comes from a living relationship with Jesus Christ. We build this life in our day-to-day walk with him, not just something we search on the internet. Now, it's interesting to me that in this list of Philippians 4.8, that we look, that we're going to look at over the next several weeks, as I mentioned, he begins with whatever is true. You see, it's difficult, if you look at the other things, to even address what is noble if we can't agree on what is true. It's difficult to be able to look at what is just if we can't agree on what is true. It's difficult to be able even to look at what is lovely if we can't agree on what is true. So for you and I as God's people, where does this begin? John chapter 14, begin in in verse number 8. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Church, Jesus is the truth. He always has been the truth. He always will be the truth. A relationship with him is the beginning of our journey, is our path toward that place of truth, growing in a place where we think he leads us, where we know he's leading us into all truth. Now, we can look at different reasons, and the scriptures give a number of different reasons. Why did Jesus come to this earth? We celebrated a primary one over the Christmas season, uh, a season. But the truth is, another reason why Jesus came in bodily form through the incarnation deals with truth. John chapter 18, verse number 37. Pilate, and this is in Jesus' interaction with Pilate before his crucifixion. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. There is no truth apart from Jesus. When I'm confused about a situation or I'm not steady on which way to path, 
I need to get to the place of truth. And that requires hearing the voice of Jesus. Not hearing the voice of cable news, not hearing the voice of the latest pundit, but hearing the voice of Jesus. Because his voice, it's one of the reasons he came. And everyone who hears his voice hears truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. That means everyone who is seeking truth needs to be seeking Jesus. Everyone who is seeking a right relationship with one another needs to be seeking Jesus. And this brings us back to relationship. Not just about understanding facts or information. And don't get me wrong, that's important. It's not just about understanding people better. And that's a good thing to do. It's also a challenging thing to do. But truth begins with hearing the voice of God. That's, what, that's where it begins. We need to hear Jesus. Truth is not only about hearing his voice, and this is where the relationship our relationship comes in, it's about knowing his voice, about spending time listening and honing our spirits to hear his voice. Even Jesus' critics could not deny that truth was in him. Mark chapter 12. <coughs> I'll begin reading in verse number 13. Then they said to him, some of the... Then they sent to him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in words. When they came to him, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Now, the, the, the rest of verse number 14, they go on to ask him, Is it, is it proper or they're trying to trap him, should we be paying taxes to Caesar? First of all, they make it clear, and rightly so, that when you stand for truth, it's not about being people-pleasing. It's not about opinion polls. It's not about what tribe you belong to. It's not about which, which majority you're going to follow. When we stand for truth, we stand for what thus saith the Lord and what he wants. They went on to try to trap him. But the encounter begins with some curious acknowledgments. We know that you are true. Now, I have my own opinion as to where the world stands on this if they know that Jesus is true. My opinion is that for the most part they don't. But this, I'm now beginning at the house of God. Do we know, do we embrace, do we become diligent and even militant on the notion that Jesus is the truth? It's not what's popular today. It's not what comes out in the next election. It's not what gets decided by the most popular opinion survey. Jesus is the truth. His voice is the truth, and he leads us into all truth. They said, we know that you are true. They said, we know that you do not regard the person of men when it comes to truth. Do you ever know somebody who 
embrace something as true depending on who was in the room, depending on who was around. I was counseling with a group, uh, a couple yesterday that's getting married this coming Saturday. And we were talking about uh, being transparent with one another and about not having different realities depending on the situations you're in. You need to be the same man or woman depending whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're with your family, his or hers, whether you're in different situations. Because if the circle that you're in modifies the reality, then what you're communicating to the world is that your truth is for sale. And that should never be the hallmark of a Christian. My truth isn't dependent upon who's listening. My truth isn't dependent upon who's in the room. My truth isn't dependent upon who else believes it or not. It's not based on a regard for person. My truth, his name is Jesus Christ. That is truth. So they said, we know that you are true. We know that you do not regard the person of men when it comes to truth. And we know that you teach the way of God in truth. See, I look at that and I'm thinking, gee, what's the problem? Except they were just giving you lip service. If you and I are going to possess hearts and minds that anchor in the place of peace that Paul talked about, <coughs> that is going to involve what you think on, what you and I think about. And how many know that when we succumb to an illness and we're down for a little while, we have plenty of time to think, plenty of time to do some thinking. People used to say, don't you really object or just dislike the long commutes into Manhattan? I'll be the first one to it say, because of this pandemic, I do not miss the Long Island Railroad. No offense to the Long Island Railroad, but I do not miss them in the slightest. Nor do I miss the E subway train from Penn Station up to my office. I will say one thing, that time of just sitting does provide an opportunity, if taken, to think. And Paul says, when you're thinking, don't daydream. Don't just let your mind wander and don't give place to what the enemy would like you to think about, which is all that's wrong in the world, all that's wrong in your life, all that's wrong in the people around you, all that's wrong, period. Think on these things. And he starts with truth. So when we're by ourselves and we've got all this time to think, one of the first places we need to start is think about the goodness of Jesus. Church, has Jesus been good to you? Has he been good? Truth. That's what we need to think about. Now, the world would love to tell you what truth is. It would love to tell you what truth is regarding relationships. It would love to tell you what truth is regarding marriage. It would love to tell you what truth is regarding life. It would love to tell you what truth is regarding a whole host of issues. 
But if it's all the same to the world, and I know it's not, I'm going to go to Jesus. It's his voice I need to discern truth. When it comes to the various situations in our own church, the various struggles people are having, the various issues with health that many are going through, my own included, I need the voice of Jesus to give me truth. As we've been praying for Sister Lori DeFiti, for Sister Rosa, for Mario, for myself, for all these situations, what we need is to think on these things. And Paul begins with truth and ends that, those verses by saying, and the God of peace will be with you. Who would like the God of peace to walk with you? I love that last song we did, In the Garden. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I have loved spending time with the Lord. I would have much preferred a different catalyst or mechanism. Much preferred. But this, again, goes back to relationship. Am I in awe of the God of all creation? Any life truth that I embrace begins with his word. Begins with his word. My truths have to find their foundation in hearing his voice. And how many know it's a lot easier to hear something when we stop talking, when we just listen for his voice? Now, you probably experience the same thing I do when you sit quietly to meditate and, ex and try to hear his voice. As I was always taught when I was younger, what happens at that moment? The parade comes through. Every other thing on the planet that you could absolutely ever even imagine thinking joins the parade and comes on through. And then once that part of the parade is done, then the fact that you're sitting and not doing something else joins the parade. So the next time that you and I are in that situation and we're thinking, gee, I should be doing something else, remember Mary and Martha. And Jesus said, she's chosen the better way, and it will not be taken from her. Now, don't go blaming me that said, Pastor Hiram said, I, ha I don't have to do anything. That's not what I'm preaching today. But we need to hear his voice. And aren't there just way too many other voices out there? And we need to be able to discern the voice of my shepherd. And that requires listening. Whatever things are true, think on these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Stand with me, please.